Hey, hey, hey. How's this it going, is, Adrian? It's going good. Jonathan, how are you? Good, good. So today on the podcast, we wait, have... Wait, wait. What's what? the name of the podcast? The House Rule Podcast. Did you get your lower back tattoo yet? No, not yet. All right, I got mine. Today's podcast guest is Cynthia Brackett, the one, the only. Cynthia, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Thank okay. you for coming out. We appreciate your time. Yeah, so... For those of you that don't know, Cynthia works with uh, Scenic Oaks, right? Yes. And how long have you been there? I've been at Scenic Oaks 11 years, and I've been in the business over 17 years. And what is Scenic Oaks? Scenic Oaks is a mortgage lender in the Stanislaus County, San Joaquin County area. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we dominate the area, so. Um, Biased opinion, though. Uh, <laughs> No, they, they, which, uh, so which office do you work with? Um, I actually am at a Modesto on Orangeburg uh, office. I have a team of uh, people that I mentor and manage, and um, we sit right there at Orangeburg. Sweet. Would, would you consider that kind of Stanislaus County, Modesto area, your kind of primary area of business? It is. It's primarily my business. I do do a lot out of San Joaquin County, but... Um, you know, and I, it's funny cause I've done business up in Corning, California, all the way down to San Diego, but, uh, mainly yes, Stanislaus County. That's kind of the perks of being a lender, right? You don't have to necessarily be as face to face with the client, like a real estate agent where you're, you know, taking listings in areas you've never been to or showing property in San Diego. That's not really an option for us. So kind of the perks of the job of being a lender, right? Yeah. I mean, everything now with a mobile app and online, everything can be done. And I actually feel like there's people that prefer that, the be online. And it's a lot more efficient. Online. It is. Uh, I very rarely have an in-person appointment. I had an in-person appointment not that long ago, and I actually really enjoyed it because it had been so long because of COVID and all that, that people just would prefer to just do everything online. But I really like the one-on-one -on -one and visually looking at stuff because I'm a visual person. So I did like it. I kind of miss it. You yeah. Know, one of the things that you brought up about uh, how you kind of miss that, the other day, I, I, I think I've said this a couple times before, but I'm starting to see now uh, when you get emails, everybody's including, or I've seen this a lot more, a video message on the email where it's like a video of themselves talking on the email. It's I do that all the time. Well, I, I'm thinking to myself, well, how much longer is it going to be till instead of sending the email or the video message, we're going to go full circle and you're just going to go visit that agent at their office <laughs> and we're going to go back. I wonder if that's ever going to happen that way. Because I have a funny story about that actually. What, uh, what is it? I had a, it was an older agent. I, I don't remember. I think you might've actually been at Remax. But he, I had a listing in Turlock, and he was like, hey, Adrian, I have an offer for you, and I want to drop it off in person. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> I was like, I said, I think that'll negatively impact your chances of getting your offer accepted if I have to meet with you to drop off an offer in person, because I'm, I'm a rude like Did that. his offer get accepted? Oh, my no. gosh, you <laughs> no. are? Oh, my gosh. So, well, I, that's so uh, inefficient, right? Well, like when you want to fax it to me. Well, Next. I think, I think uh, part of that has to do with, you know, like, like Cynthia was saying is peop, some people do miss that. They miss that connection. They miss being able to see you face to face and see your, your expression, all that stuff. But uh, Cynthia, I want to ask you before we move forward too much, how did you end up getting into this in the first place? I've, I've known you for a while, but I never really had the opportunity to ask you, how did you end up doing loans? I was a stay-at-home mom, and I have a brother that was in the industry, and he opened up an office in Ripon, and he was like, hey, come work for me. And I'm like, what's mortgage lending? I have no clue what that is. And he's like, I'll teach you. Just come. I think you'd be good at it. And that was kind of right when the market started the downturn. And so joined um, 
and kind of figured it out. Ripon, I didn't like the drive, came back to Turlock, so I live in Turlock, and um, worked in Turlock, countrywide home loans, turned into Bank of America, then here at Scenic Oaks, and I've stuck with it, whereas I feel like I look back on that business that my brother opened, and nobody in that office is even a lender any longer, um, and, you know, of course, there's been so many different changes in all that time span, but yeah, I definitely love it. Yeah, and I could tell, I could tell you do you really do love what you do. I think one of the things that the reason why we wanted to talk to you too is because you've really been a um, a groundbreaker. I feel like in, in a certain sense when it comes to social media, I feel like I remember going back two three years ago and you were starting to do these things that I wasn't really seeing anyone else doing. What you you were doing these classes for agents, you were doing these uh, social marketing uh, get-togethers with, with different. Uh, agents from different companies, not just PMZ, just uh, you would ha- you were helping people out, and uh, you really took that that bull by the horns when when uh, a lot of people kind of I feel like shied away from it, and you said no, I'm going to run with it. I did. How did that How did that come about? How did that help your business? And uh, what is it that made you, you know, go that route? What sparked that idea? Yeah. Uh, because I worked inside as with Scenic Oaks Funding, I worked inside Valley First Credit Union and I handled all the loans for all of their branches for four years until the partnership ended. And then I kind of came back in the market and I needed to reintroduce myself to agents. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be that typical lender that was like, Hey, throw me a deal. You know, I wanted to be able to Mm -hmm. offer them value. Mm -hmm. Like what can I provide in value. Um, and so I joined the Legion of Loan Officers, which, um, and they taught me Legion. Uh, I learned how to teach classes. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff on social mar- uh, social media uh, marketing, and it literally changed my business. So s- social media was a big contributor to your business taking off, you think? Uh, yeah, like, well, teaching the classes. And then I remember when I introduced Facebook Legion, there, there's so many agents that don't do anything and they don't even have a CRM. Okay. They don't have anything. So to be able to offer some form of value, like I'll teach you how to lead gen off of Facebook. I'll teach you how to upload your database to Facebook and shoot videos to your own people. Like I can teach anybody any of that. And so people were just like, yeah, I want to learn. I want to learn. Now, whether they took that information and utilized it. How many of them implemented it? I don't know. But I, so I taught classes. I've taught classes on all kinds of different stuff, like how to video market. Like some people just don't even know how to like video market with their phone. I mean, simple stuff. Oh, can we please just talk about video and social media this whole whole podcast i love this topic this is one of my favorite things <laughs> he just to talk went, about. he just went to a seminar one of the things that uh that i remember clearly now that you bring up lead gen on facebook i remember it must have been yeah at least two or three years ago and nobody really knew what what was what that was and i remember you would see cynthia and she'd be like for six cents you can get i can get you yeah six cents well, a lead let, or something like that it was super out of the box at that moment i remember thinking everybody every you had it all, you have, and you had a lot of attention at that point where people were coming to you. I, I remember, I, I think I, I called you as well. And what is this about? And I, I thought that was so uh, innovative of you. Yeah. Well, I, I think we should need to specify though, for because there's two different types of social media marketing. There's your organic, where you're posting on your page. 
we're talking about paid for lead gen with uh, Facebook forms, correct? To get to obtain the consumer's contact information. I was teaching that. Yes, cool. I was putting it on my page organically, and agents were, of course, reaching out saying. And then I was teaching classes on it, and they were coming, and um, or I would sit down with them and show them. But yeah, it was really what kind of took off in 2019. What is 2019? What type of ads were you running? Because my first. When I was running my own Facebook ads several years back, it was always like, click here to get a list of homes or something along those lines. Like, hey, give the consumer like a list of homes with pools in this area and I'll distribute that to you. And that's how I would get their contact info. What type of ads yeah, were remember, you running? I remember running? seeing your ads for that. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been so they were lame. They were lame. No, her, she had some in-depth talk. She had like, she had to figure it out. Tell them a little about like. No, you use like a property. Okay. You have to have something visually where somebody's going to stop and look at it and learn more. And so I would always use a great property that had great curb appeal. And it was like always a FOMO fear of missing out statement. Like you got to you wait till you check out the kitchen mm -hmm. and it was learn more. Yes, they learn more. And then now I, I ran ads for a teammate of mine. Um, it was like, are you, um, ready to sell um, your home and they have to answer yes or no. And so I said, you know, if they can get a lead that's stating that somebody's ready to sell, at least, you know, you better follow up on that. Um, so I would ask that question and they would have to input just basic information, email, phone number, uh, name, and then it would take them to whoever I was running uh, their website and it would take them to that listing. So, um, but if somebody wasn't, if it wasn't their personal listing, then we would kind of figure out a way, maybe it would have to take them to Zillow which I didn't really want them to do that, but they needed to call immediately because that's the problem I feel with Legion and real estate agents. They call one time, they text one time, and then they email and they're like, oh, they didn't answer me. And I'm like, well, you got to do more than that. You got to like be on it. So um, that's kind of what my ad, and it it was totally, so I would just bring in tons of leads, tons. Yeah, they're and they were so cheap too. They really were. Yeah, like literally sense. Now what I do now, which not so much that, I mean, I did it for my teammates, but I upload my database, my own personal database into social media. And I do a video. I did an engagement ad. I did another video that I posted the other day in regards to rent versus buy. And I show it constantly to my database. So they visually see me all the time. So I stay top of mind. Question, how, what do you mean by you upload your database to social media? You can take your database out of your CRM and you can upload it as a custom audience into Facebook and it will show any of your clients who are scrolling on Instagram and Facebook your video. I've had people reach out to me that was like, oh my gosh, they're my clients. I saw you on social media. I'm like, yeah, like my page. But um, it, I, and then I, I had like over a thousand people watch my rent, my own clients, rent versus by video boom it literally just keeps you in their face i i did not i did not know that that you could even do that i know that was an option i think uh th there's so many tools I, recently you you also were talking about this uh software called homebot yes i utilize some homebot but you have to be sponsored by a lender and I, I know a lot of agents don't like that but i don't see your clients i have nothing to do with your clients um but it is uh, a system that is 
four lenders and then an agent can come on as a sponsored and it literally um, tells, it's, it's super cool when they look at their home that they've purchased, it gives them all the analytics of what's going on in their neighborhood, their value, you know, is it time to buy another property? This is how much equity you currently have, has all kinds of things for them to view. I see my clients, they go in there all the time yeah. and look at it. Are, are, do you use, do you use HomeBot? Yeah, I do use HomeBot. Um, I think HomeBot, what's really cool about it, not only does it offer a ton of great information to the consumer, but it also gives us tracking ability so we know when to come in with a, a follow-up, right? If, if someone's looked at their home value six months in a row, like, probably should call that dude or send him a video email or a text. But I think what HomeBot is really the best at is they're very good at getting people to open your email because HomeBot is, um, that's the problem with email marketing is a lot of people's emails are hitting spam or they're not being delivered at a correct time of day. Like there's a lot of analytics that go into who's going to be opening your email. And if your email hits spam, they're for one, they're definitely not opening it because they're not going to see it. But it's one thing to to show up in someone's inbox and not have your email be opened because at least they're still seeing your name, right? And maybe that information that you're delivering to them isn't relevant to them at that time, but it's a whole lot better than sending nothing for six months because I think I, I, we, I always am guessing stats on this podcast, but I think there's a statistic that says that most, like 78% of people would work with the previous agent that they bought their house with but a lot of them don't because they can't remember their agent's name. Correct. Because their agents are not producing content for their customer or they're not following up accordingly. And I think HomeBot is just a really cool product. I think it's like 50 bucks a month too. No, it's, che it's cheaper. It's like so it's even cheaper. For a sponsor, an agent's 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah it's so super cheap. And it, it sends out a little digest of an estimated home value once a month to your customer. How customers how useful. love it. They yeah. just love looking at the value of their home. Well, and, and the product looks sexy too. It, it like really it, does. It really does. I like it. It's slick. Very, it it's very interactive. It's very interactive. I I think uh, one of the things that I've, I've struggled with was originally as, as a new agent, I, I didn't have the systems in place to uh, grow my business. I had the systems in place just to kind of maintain what I had. But I never really had, I never felt like I was touching consistently people that I needed to be touching. And um, now with this pr program, which is interesting, you said that that um, I could do it with a loan officer because I didn't even know that because I've, I've been paying for it myself. And uh, I, I've been doing that for about three, four months and it is pretty crazy. My open rate on my emails currently is 89%. Mm -hmm. 89% out of so who, if it's pretty easy when you only have three. <laughs> <laughs> Just Boom. kidding. Roast. Boom, roasted. <laughs> no, eighty nine percent. I mean that that that's crazy, and and it's so interactive. I th I think one one of my best friends, who uh, I just sold a house to like a year ago, he he's always like, hey. Uh, what's my house at? What's my house at? And he looks at, and I could tell that he, you know, he enjoys when I send that email out. And it's something that, again, it's readily available. And a lot of people don't know about it. Just like this whole thing that you just told me right now about uh, uploading your uh, CRM. I never knew about that. Creating, sounds like you create a custom audience. Mm -hmm. And anytime you put out a video, correct me if I'm wrong, if you put out something, you can target it just to that audience. Correct. So you're not overloading your, your aunt. Correct. Nobody, nobody that's friends with me sees it. 
It's only my database of clients that see it. That's awesome. And what, I constantly what's the minimum? Run. I do like three bucks a day. It's super simple. Like they just constantly see it. I think there's a minimum number of people that. Tw- uh, 25 or more. Really? That's, it's that low? Mm-hmm. So easy too. Boost it it. You can even just, instead of running an actual ad, you can just boost a post to your custom audience. So they're like just eyeballs on you all day. You knew about this? Okay. I, so I do a different type of, I, I do retargeting through Ylopo. So what people don't realize is that they have their business page and then they can boost stuff, but they don't realize that they have an ads manager account that sits behind their Facebook page. So if you've ever boosted a post, you have an ads manager account and there's so much in there that you can do with leads and, and you can do engagement, you can do targeting, you can do you, anybody who's looked at your business page, you can retarget them. And it's all done through that ads manager account that I swear, I feel like a lot of agents don't even realize they have. Here's a question I have for you. So, uh, you have a, I have a, uh, just my regular Facebook page. And then I also decided to create my, uh, business page, right? Do you guys suggest that that's a good idea or have, do you, you stick, have to have a business to page. one, one page only a or business two? page's purpose is to run ads. Yeah. You can only run ads with you with a business page. So having two pages. In. But what I did is I created central Valley real estate report page and I run my ads off the central Valley real estate report. So it doesn't look like it's coming directly from me. More people will click on a Central Valley real estate report yeah. than they will Cynthia Bracassina Coke's funding. Yeah. So Absolutely. to answer your question a little bit more, yes, you should have both. But the purpose of having a business page, keep in mind that business pages, it's pay to play. You're not going to get any engagement on your organic post through your business page compared to your personal page. Your personal page, you should be posting content there too because you're going to get way more comments, way more likes, way more shares that way. But if you have a business page, that's where you should be driving in traffic to either your business page or your website or acquiring leads from your your business page. I think that's its purpose. Following the 2080 like metric rule where you post 20% business, 80% personal. Yeah, I think it's roughly. I do all kinds of stuff. I, I, mean, I, I would say mine's probably even a little bit more than that on on the the real estate side, but yeah, I think I think if you were to do a percentage, I think you should do twenty five percent real estate, twenty five percent hobbies, twenty five percent entertainment, fun stuff, and then figure out another twenty five percent. Yeah, I've been I've been having trying to balance that, you know, because I, I, I think that's one thing realtors suck at is they want to post. Everything, everything real estate and it's like do you and have a life post the same thing pending yeah. sold exactly top agent exactly they need to like i agree with that that's all i see it's very spammy and i'm just like okay you know and you just kind of move on but if they had some type of form of value or had a great story uh of a closing i would listen to a great story of a closing but they just post the sold and pending and that's it and i just feel like there needs to be so much more yeah and i think that's kind of why we're here right now too because that's something that we both agreed with that it was the same thing that we kept seeing over and over again, and I and I myself am guilty of it. I was you know started posting just solds, and then I and then or you only it's only a highlight and it's only a quick snap, and we found that some people they they will actually want to listen to a in depth conversation to get to know people people that that know your your name 
will want to know a little bit about you. How how do you work? What's the way that you uh, you know navigate through things and and more in depth than just three minutes or thirty second uh, quick little. I mean, I had a girl reach out to me um, because I posted a self employed video on Instagram. I don't even know how she got to following me. She reached out through and messaged me. It was like, my husband and I are both self-employed. We'd really like to meet with you and just get ready to buy this year. All from just watching my videos. I didn't even know who she was. I was like, absolutely. After Christmas, we met. It was my first in-person appointment in a long time. And I was just like, wow, that was all just from posting random, you know, videos. Yeah. That's what I People love most about personality. They really do because everybody is looking at social media. I try to tell all these agents that have t- taught classes, like everybody is looking at social media, whether it's TikTok or I'm not a big Twitter gal, but um, I am a TikTok, uh, Instagram and Facebook. You got to kind of pick your, you know, yeah. I can't, I'm not a Snapchat person, but I'm just saying like, you got to pick it and you just got to put out content as much as you can. And sometimes I don't want to yeah. honestly, but you have to on a regular basis, whether it's a picture, whether it's something, I don't know. I try to put out something all the time. I think that's what, what I like most about, there's two things that I really like about video content in general is that when you record that video and you place it on social media or YouTube or, or a collection of all of those, you basically have like a little mini employee in history that's there forever. And if someone lands on that and starts watching your content and they're drawn to you, you're also kind of picking your perfect client because they're already gravitating towards your personality. They're kind of learning your habits, how you're going to communicate. So you're kind of picking your perfect customer. And then that, that, um, that video is like a little employee of yourself. Whereas if you wanted to be like a cold caller, right? When that phone call's done, it's done. There's no more it can be done other than, unless you connect with them again on another phone call. But yeah. video is like a little history of topics that you could send to your clients and, it's really cool, like stories like that where I watched all your videos or I read all your reviews and they like know you, but you have no idea who they are. That's what's cool about social media. Yeah, I'm trying to dial in my Google uh, page way better than what I really thought. I was talking with another agent and he has his dialed in and I was like, oh my gosh, like I really need, and it shows how much traffic goes and looks me up, but I want it to look better I need more reviews on there. So that's my goal is to kind of work on my Google page. Send me your link. I'll hook you up with a review. What, okay. What tools uh, <laughs> What tools do you use or do you think that we should be using? I'm sure you've researched uh, a bunch of stuff since you've been doing classes. Um, for constant contact for with clients, something that, I, that other agents I could use, whoever, or even that you use, because I'm sure that you, you come into contact with a lot of people. How do you remember, hey, let's send out an email for their birthday or whatever? You know, How do you stay in contact with people? Well, I have a, C- a CRM that does that. But this year, I, I did Ninja. And I don't know if you guys know what Ninja is. So Ninja. Ninja the, the training? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I do note cards now. And I literally pick up their phone and say and call them for their birthdays. And I felt like that has made a huge impact. This year for me is dialed in my database a little bit deeper because that's where your referrals are going to come. 
So per Ninja, every client that you have is worth $2,000 because they know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So if you can just stay engaged with your, and not just drip email, like literally pick up the phone and be like, how are you doing every year that, you know, last year that they bought their home, call them up and say, how are you guys doing? So to me, it was a little harder because, you know, we all get sucked into the whole texting and emailing. Yeah. And, but I told myself, I really need to pick up the phone and just say, Hey guys, happy birthday. Oh my gosh. Cause I get notified every day of all my clients uh, who have a, who has a birthday. And I try to pick up the phone as mi- much, as much as I can with them and wish them a happy birthday. Hmm. It that's will go that a I've, long way. That's something that I've implemented this year too, is I have not gone into my database and acquired everyone's birthday, but something I've been practicing even just the last three weeks was one-to-one video. So I, I love the phone call, but um, if you don't want to make the phone call, I go on Facebook in the search bar. I just search birthdays. And even if it's an agent or a lender or someone that I've worked with that I value the relationship, how many text messages do you get on your birthday or Facebook posts, right? But how many of them are sending you a video wishing you a happy birthday? So that's something that I've implemented just this year so far. And I, I sent a video to one of my past clients. She just moved out of state. And she's like, oh, I have someone else that's moving to Oklahoma, like, I'm going to give you your number. And I was like, sick. It's already working. Just a little extra effort. That's all it is. I called um, one of my clients and they were like, hey, we're thinking about buying in February. And it was all because I had called and just touched base and was like, hey, it's your birthday. I want to wish everybody. Yeah. And my daughter's thinking of buying this year as well. And so to me, it goes a long way picking up the phone and calling. Yes, I would say do video. And they say messenger, like it brings up the analytics on a birthday if you go through messenger and and uh, message birthday what's know, cool about messenger too is it caps off at 30 seconds so you can't leave a video longer than 30 seconds and if you're wishing someone a happy birthday it really yeah. shouldn't be longer than that <laughs> no no but um i mean yeah I, I did that today to to an agent friend of ours that was actually hoping to be a guest on on our podcast and i'm like hey i want to, i want to be friends with you you know but um I want to answer your question as well as as far as a product that can help you stay in front of your clients or database. MailChimp is a mass email provider and it's free up to 2000 contacts and they have a ton of templates. You can put videos, you can put links, you can create a really badass looking mass email up to 2000 contacts for free. And that's a really great product. One thing I do not like to do is uh, with my CRM, I have the option of texting, like a mass text, Mm -hmm. but it does not come from my number. And so people are like, who is this? You know, and then they'll respond back, like, who is this or stop? Because they think it's kind of spammy as well. And so I true, I don't do mass text to my CRM. I do do mass emails. And, um, but like I said, I'm picking up the phone and I really feel like it's making a big difference. And then I keep a hot sheet up, uh, all day and it literally, cause I'm a visual person. So I have to keep a hot sheet up all day and visually look at it. So I don't forget who I pre-approved or that person is saying that, you know, we're getting ready or, you know, we put a plan together. It helps remind me daily to go in. And so I have a third screen up that literally has my hot sheet up that I visually look at on a day-to-day basis. It's so funny. The more I hear you talk to me, I'm like, Oh my God, just, that's me. That's the same exact. I have uh, my, my day planner and on the day planner I have would, would, it would be like my hot sheet where every day I go in and I write down who needs my attention, who, who do I need to be focused on right now and who, who has been pre-approved, 
who has called me, who do I need to be calling every single day because I am so visual that if it's not there, I'll forget. I'll forget. Mm-hmm. And and it's not I try not to, but it's it's just the way it is, you know. So one of the other things that I actually had mentioned to Adrian too, right for you, you you had Kim, was that uh, you have a really good. I, I feel personally that you are really good at your work life balance. Mm. Or, <laughs> I mean, I don't know from looking looking outside, looking in. It looks like uh, you know you and I have something that we share in common, which is we, we love the lake. We love the lake a lot. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes a lot of people they want to you know everybody wants to be successful, and then you stop really looking at what matters at the end of the day, and that's spending time with family and enjoying your life and I feel like you've been able to kind of have a good balance with that how do you do that how do you manage that um I mean come on I still take my computer to the lake (laughs) Mm, and if somebody calls me and they need something right away I am there to do it right away um but if it's not super important then uh, and I have a mobile app like sometimes it's even when you send the mobile app to somebody it takes a little while for them to even just get it done and so I don't know I feel like it's important and I love to go to the lake and I go every single weekend in the summertime yeah and so but I do have everybody knows too at the lakes we tie up with a ton of people that you know Cynthia's working you know so I do feel like I balance it pretty well I just went to Nashville for four days believe me I had a hard file that I had to work on and I just said I need two hours just give me two hours and then we're ready to go and so my husband's like okay I'll give you two hours so (laughs) you know I, you just have this the life too that we all live in you know I mean I can't I'm not saying that you know you're you're not as important as you think you are and I say that in the sense that some lenders and some real estate agents are like nobody can do my job better than me okay but that's not the case like but I do feel that there's certain clients that you do have to give that little special attention to. So I don't know. I make sure that I go to the lake and have a good time, but I do bring my computer with me. And um, I have a, I'm have a routine person. I have a routine every single day. I don't ever kind of get out of that routine. I eat the same thing every day. Like, that's how I live. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I want to know... What's your what's your thing on the boat? Are you a, a water skier, a wakeboarder, surfing, tubing, fishing, all of the above? All of the above. I mean, yes. I told myself <laughs> that um, last year I was gonna uh, wake, I was gonna surf, I was gonna get up without the rope. I can get up, but I can't get up without the rope. And I, um, my kids can, and you know that's all they do. They have a, we have a surf boat, but um, and then we tie up with people that have a surf boat that are constantly so. But I'm not a fisherman, but my husband has become one since we've had a houseboat. And so, uh, but we pulled out the tube. I mean, we do everything. Do everything. <laughs> it's I've, life. I've pulled up on her houseboat because I was just checking in. I remember we pulled up and uh, you guys actually helped us uh, uh, air up a tube. And that whole lake life, for those people that, that are, you know, are about that or they know, it's a whole different world out there. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And you guys are way, way into it. I mean... That's uh, having a houseboat, and you guys have all the toys and stuff, and that's uh, it's a lot of work, too. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, even when you come home from just going out to one day of the lake, and you have to clean your boat and all You know stuff. I'm going to tell your boat story, right? So this is the boat story, so uh, go ahead. Let me have So, <laughs> oh so JJ, uh, a couple years, what, you've had your boat for what, a year and a half, two years? This one, yeah, two, two. So he just got this sick new wakeboarding boat, and he'd been telling me, like, oh, I go to the lake every weekend in the summer, and I told them, I grew up in Discovery Bay on the water. So our whole summer was wakeboarding. And that was like a large part of my childhood. And JJ and I are super competitive with each other. And I would 
talk smack to him. I'm like, dude, you don't want to take me on your boat. I'm going to show you up on your own boat. He's like, yeah, right. You can't even probably get up talking smack. So he gets his new wakeboarding boat, takes me out. And it was funny. I think it was your first maiden voyage of wakeboarding on your boat. It was my first time going out and I, and I pride myself my wakeboarding and I'm towing this guy back there. And, uh, out of nowhere, he throws like a 180 clearing the wake <laughs> with a grab with a grab behind the back some crazy stuff i'm like are you kidding me right now on my i'm literally the first time and my friends with me and everything and, and like that guy's really good i'm like <laughs> no, the funniest part though is his wife was recording a video from my phone and i i think it was my first jump and i hear him in the background go Mother effer. <laughs> so did you go after him or did you be yeah. like, ah, no thanks. No. And then to add insult to injury, he, I remember he, he, you, uh, chipped him for gas that day. He goes, here, here's some money for gas. And as I was watching him, uh, wakeboard, I left the cash out and it blew into the water. We never, <laughs> <laughs> so I lost his money. He shaded me on my boat. And uh, haven't <laughs> been invited back since. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a good time. So, okay, but you guys surf or you're just wakeboarders? Uh, I was, I'm a firm believer in if you want to surf, go to the beach. My uh, God. No, no, no. But that's because oh I can't, that's gosh. because I can't surf and I only do things I'm good at. But I'm, I'm a wakeboarder. I, I, I can enjoy surfing, but I just, I, I'm not, it's not my thing. I, I don't, I don't know how to do it. If I'm feeling athletic and I'm, trying to risk maybe getting injured i'll wakeboard because i go all when i'm i wakeboarding is like I, i'm clearing the wake i want to get some air like it's it's intense surfing is once i'm already like have i had a beer already yeah because like, it is seven. a little bit more um yeah. yeah it's not as intense and if you fall you're not gonna hurt yourself and so uh we, we got a bunch of snow things are looking good right now for next for for this year how um how, one of the things we also want to talk to you about was uh interest rates how are things for this next year, what are, you, what are we looking at? You're looking at increased interest rates. They're going to keep going up. Okay, but there's something that you have to kind of think about. Like, I, I find that interest rates are going to go up, okay? I mean, we've all been in the business long enough that they go up, then they kind of come back down. Um, I think that people are still going to buy because if they want to buy, they're going to buy. Right. Um, you're not going to see like from it, for me, I'm not going to see as many refinances. I probably see a, a, some cash out cause this is what I'm experiencing. There's a lot of people with a lot of debt. I've been pulling a lot of credit reports lately and there's a lot of people with a lot of debt. So no matter what the interest rate is, you're going to have people that are going to refinance to pay some of that debt off. You're going to have people still sell their house. I mean, prices on houses are still up and they're going to just stay that way. We have a lack of inventory. So the only thing that I feel like the increased rates are going to affect is that brand new buyer coming in that, you know, wants to buy a $450,000 home because there's nothing else under, you know, that suits their taste and their payment's going to be almost $3,000. And I mean, it's just like uh, unbelievable to me, putting and, down the minimum. And uh, I mean, well, traditionally, wouldn't you say higher interest rates would mean that prices have to either stall, right? Or, or not. I think, well, I think that's the question. That's the magic question is, I would say in a typical balanced market, if interest rates go up, typically prices will fall. But we have less than a month's worth of housing inventory. When there's nothing to be purchased, prices can't go down. People unless are still there's a competing. People are still competing for with their offers. I don't see 
you know, it might slow down a little bit because people get a little scared. But for the most part, I don't see it dropping to where it's a buyer's market and they're asking for closing costs. And, you know, that's what happens when it turns more into a buyer's market. I don't think that that's going to happen. At least for me, I hear people that are like, the market's going to crash. No, it's not. Because when the market crashed back in 2008 is when the lending out there was so awful. Yeah, it was awful. Like you could get, you know, work at McDonald's and say you made $10,000 a month and get approved for a loan. That's not the case anymore. People have to be fully approved. So you're not going to see a crash, but, uh, and you're going to see prices stay pretty much the same or continue to go up a little bit. Unless there's a large influx of inventory, prices aren't going anywhere. I I think you're right. Is I think some of the crazy behavior that buyers were showing last year will kind of normalize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're still going to see competition. It might not be 30 offers, but it's going to be five or six. Mm -hmm. And yeah, unless, unless there's three or four months worth of housing inventory, prices are not going down. I, I, well, I remember when, when I purchased this house, um, people were, I was so scared because everybody, everybody, including my like mentors that I'm close to were telling me that the market was going to crash. I mean, I, I've been told the market's going to crash since I got into real estate, which was five, six years ago. Every year is like, this is the year where it's going to crash. Or if not this year, it's always the next year. Watch out. The next year is going to be it. It's always and contractors the, saying that. The next, next, <laughs> next year, next year. And I remember literally thinking, oh man, I might've just made the worst mistake of my life. I'm going to be so in debt. And that I ended up getting it for 345. And, and, and I am so glad I did that because if I win, I don't even know oh. if I want to afford uh, if I could pay this, yeah, you know? yeah, like it, it would, it would be uh, twice as much as I, what I bought it for. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's dig into that a little bit more because maybe there's someone listening to to this podcast right now that's been thinking that for the last year, right? What happens if I buy at the top of the market, right? Mm-hmm. That, I think that's the magic first time buyer question. I don't want to buy at the top of the market. Timing the market is in, is impossible. First off, but. Would you rather have a fixed monthly payment with a a 30-year fixed interest rate and know that your mortgage is going to be pretty much the same? Or would you rather compete for rentals and you know the rental prices are going to go up every year? Yeah. You know, that's the thing is you you can't time the market perfectly, but you can set yourself up to have the same exact monthly payment every year other than your property taxes will go up a little bit. I mean, just think if you were back in September and you were like, oh, I think the market's going to crash. I'm going to wait. Values have still gone up since September, let's say. I mean, you're, the market, I mean, the values are not going to go down. So uh, I feel like when it's time to buy for somebody and they're, you know, they're ready, it doesn't matter what the interest rate's going to be they're ready and we're still going to see purchase business. Yeah. I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but th- th- these are my thoughts. I think we're, we're no longer going to go to see uh, some type of a turn or recession. Like, like we did last time. I think everybody has that so engraved in their memory and they want that to happen. But I have clients and I've said it a couple of times where I've sold people houses in Atwater that are working for Google. I've sold people houses here in Modesto that are working for Bay area companies that don't ever have to even go to the Bay area. So I think that uh, that is going to, it already is, and it's going to continue to spill into our area. And I think we're going to find ourselves in a situation kind of where those cities that were, are more towards, the, you know, the West uh, are, were in 20, 15 years ago where maybe they were looking at the time and thinking, man, this house is 400000 
it's got to come down at some point. And now that house is worth $1.6 million. I mean, you can't even really find a really nice house for three hundred and twenty to three hundred and fifty any longer. No. Nope. You know, a couple of years ago before 2020, you could, you yeah. know, but you can't now. And I don't think it's going to go back down to that because you said there's only a month's inventory out on the market. It's, it, it is uh, for... For me, I'm, and actually both of us now are, are in, in the position now where we want to start maybe investing now into, you know, buying rentals or stuff like that. And it's very nerve wracking that, in that sense, it's very nerve wracking. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't even bat an eye if it was my own property that, I, cause you got to live somewhere, right? You got to live, if it's your primary, you got to live somewhere, you got to buy it. But as an investment, you do kind of want to make sure you're getting the best opportunity you can. And uh, that's something that that now I have to deal with. Now it's like, well, do I buy a rental that's worth four hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand? So trying to find the good deals, but it, just buy crypto, bro. Buy crypto. <laughs> yeah, or the whole NFTs, which I need to learn about. That yeah. is some don't crazy waste your stuff. time. <laughs> that's a crazy stuff. So, do you guys know about NFTs? Yeah, I, I don't know so, enough about it. So huh. an NFT is is basically an it's it's a non fungible token. token. Yeah, it's like something out in air you, in space. You're owning a you can own a part of a video, but it's like that or or whatever you can own a, a picture or whatever digitally, but it's only that like that is the real one, and it's somehow it's certified or whatever. And uh, uh, yeah, I guess like a picture of a cat sold for one point six million dollars the other day. I mean, I nice think cat. that in the future, we might get to the point where money is digital. I mean, I see that happening possibly where like you aren't going to deal. I don't know. I feel like that that could happen in the future. I, I don't know enough about NFTs. I definitely would need to educate myself. And I know that there's a ton of YouTube videos. Yeah. Well, I think it's, but it's, it's just like anything else. Once you start hearing about things on the news, it's probably a little bit late t- to the game, right? Same thing with like Tesla stock, you know, when, when, when Tesla goes up over $1,200 and everyone's talking about it, it's probably a little bit too late to be buying at that point. I think that's kind of where we're at with NFTs. If you were in that space six or 12 months ago before everyone was talking about it, it was probably a good time. But now it's there's so much influence on crypto and all this stuff by influencers that they're getting all this hype around something that us, the retail consumer, doesn't really understand. And it's that FOMO of like, oh, I need to get an NFT because you have that fear of missing out. But yeah. I don't know. I don't understand well, it enough to buy it. That's for sure. There's always going to be new stuff that, you know, as people are going to come up with. Um, bringing it back to real estate real quick. What have you, Cynthia, have you seen any new tools that you could recommend for uh, agents to be using and anything that you've been preaching or seen that's been working recently? Mm. I find that agents, especially newer ones, they kind of come in and I don't know if their mindset is thinking that they're going to come in and just kill it and make a ton of money right off the bat, but they don't have any systems in place. They come to the office, they kind of stare at their computer and they really just don't even know what to do. And, um, you know, I I feel that they get kind of lost and I think that there's a lot of, um, people that real estate agents that kind of just fall off and, yeah. you know, and that's mainly what happens. Uh, I do feel that, um, I don't know. I feel like at agents, you need to come in with a plan. You need to come in and work a full-time job, like act like it's a full-time job, come to work every day. Um, you know, you need to be prospecting. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I see that so much with brand new agents 
that they come in and they just don't have a plan. And I, I wouldn't know of any specific system. I mean, I'm mean, always here to help anybody mm-hmm. with anything that I have to offer. I mean, that's the whole plan. I just, I want to be able to provide some type of value, but um, I don't know of any like specific system that some agent, it's not a magic, it's literally hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> it is. Well, and if I were to tap in on this, um, for, let's let's say it's geared up to a brand new agent, someone that maybe even they moved to this area and they don't have a large sphere of influence. Maybe they didn't go to school here. Maybe they don't have family and friends that live in the Modesto area. They need to be putting people into their database to to reach out to, and whether that's through Zillow leads or Facebook leads or prospecting expireds and Fizbos. Your database is what's going to take care of you throughout your entire career. So unless you have a group of people that you, like JJ, you've done a great job of tapping into your sphere of influence here because you grew up here, you went to school here, you have connections. But someone who may not have that, they need to be driving traffic to them, whether that's through lead generation uh, or or ads or really. go work your work every hope and house you can possibly work and get as many names as you can or um you know i i do i, I feel love like open that. houses strategy is such a good one to get your name out there yeah. too. yeah introduce yourself to the marketplace and and they better be on social media quite a bit putting themselves out there uh, just with some knowledge. I mean, I'm telling you, people will listen to videos if it's some type of valuable knowledge. I, th- I think w- that's one of the things, and I, I honestly, I should be saying thank you because you you kind of uh, s- start started making me think this way is not just putting out content just to put out content, but to put out value. Mm-hmm. And and you've always preached that online, you you know, and, and I see you doing that. I see you. Uh, uh, the the reason why you're getting that, that attention is because you're putting out valuable stuff. And that's something that I, th- I feel like I've started to implement now is I'm like, okay, hold up. What am I going to put out? What, what, what and I'm starting to think now how a company would think like, and I think that's something that m- it's been beneficial for me when I, when I put out an ad and I find that, Oh, like people are like sharing it or people are messaging me or something because instead of me putting out something every day, I'm putting, I, I took a week to maybe think about, all right, let's, what what is it that's going to be out there? What uh, what message message am I trying to get across? And the branding that I'm trying to put across with my own business. I think you. I think a lot of people think too much about it. Like, I really do. Like, oh, I don't know what to put out. I don't know. I gosh, I, you know. And then they hire a company to post yeah. crap for them daily, and it's it offers nothing. Like it's super just generic. junk. It's super generic. Like literally, I never think about what I'm going to put out until maybe in the morning. Like I get to work, I'm like, okay, I got to do a video today. Let's think about what we're going to do. Okay, let's just do it. Because I just, I'm not saying that I'm, I should be doing, maybe I should be doing it differently, but I feel like a lot of people think too much about the content that they need to put out. Like, oh my gosh, stress about it or, you know, and I think you just need to put something out. If you're going to go look at a house, Go freaking video the house. Yeah, that's something I've well, been doing. And I think it's analysis by paralysis. Or no, flip-flop that. Paralysis by analysis. And I totally agree. I think you should be... Your imperfect piece of content that you put out is a whole lot better than the other person's no um, post. Yes. But if I were to give one tip to someone too, and this is something that I've been guilty of for sure, is if you're going to be putting out a piece of video content... Keep in mind that we have such a short attention span yes. now. You need to grab the consumer's attention in the first three or four seconds. And if they, because if they're not going to 
if they don't make it past that, they're not going to watch the whole video. So instead of, this is what I see a ton of people doing is they start off their video with your introduction. Hi, this is Adrian Goss with the Goss Group. They already know who you are. They, they, I'm friends with you on <laughs> Facebook. Stop introducing yourself and give them what your video is going to be about. So a grab, grab their attention and then you can go into your, your introduction later. But like, let's say, hey, this, you know, what are prices going to do in 2022? Is your house going to appreciate or is it going to drop in value? Hey, this is Adrian. I'm going to be talking about the market update for January. So grab the people's attention. Stop introducing yourself immediately because you have three seconds to grab their attention. So Cynthia, uh, regarding right now, the current uh, status of things right now, what around what are interest rates right now currently? For mm, I would say like uh, conventionals in the low fours and FHAs in the high threes. Wow. VAs? VAs like mid threes. And uh, what's the credit score that you guys are looking for right now? The minimum? Uh, I can go as low as a 600 on an FHA loan. Um, your rate's going to be a little higher, but that's to be expected. Um, and 620 or higher. But I'll tell you, like, if you get a buyer that has a 620 and wants to go conventional, they better be putting 20% down or their rate will be horrible and their mortgage insurance will be horrible. So it really just depends. Like, I feel like you look at every file like a puzzle and you got to figure out how to make it work. And you literally got to manipulate the system to kind of figure out how can I get this approval? And self-employed borrowers are the most difficult yeah. right now because of COVID and everything on top of uh, the requirements now for a self-employed borrower are just like, yeah. I mean, almost 4%. That, that's okay. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID yeah. it wasn't 4%. Yeah. But then what happened is, you know, COVID happened and then literally their interest rates would drop down to something like you would, like in my career, down to the high, mid, high twos. I mean, that was even unheard of. That's free money. Yeah. So going back to pre-COVID where they're in the fours, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. But what you're dealing with now is higher purchase prices. Well, I mean, I've only done real estate for four or five years, four, four or five years. And I remember when I started, it was five and a half. Yeah, I remember having an, I remember locking FHA at one time in my career at six and a half percent. And that FHA is always on the lower side compared to conventional. So, yeah, interest rates have fluctuated. I mean, of course, you're going to talk to people who be like 18 percent back in 1980. Yeah, but your house was like fifty five thousand dollars, you know, whereas now it's like, you know, four hundred and fifty. So it's going back to pre-COVID. And I don't know how high the interest rates, but they did say you're going to have a couple increases throughout this year. Wow. Well, um, how can people get a hold of you? What? Give them your information. Um, uh, I work in Modesto. My, I mean, can we give my phone number? Or? If you well, want. If you you can know. literally Facebook me um, and, or Instagram me, Loans by Cynthia or Cynthia Brackett. Uh, my phone number is 209-648-8991. All right. Adrian, do you have any other questions? I want to talk about video more. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, what do you want to talk about? So video? I want to get back to maybe not a specific product, but... Something that you could maybe take away from this, JJ, is if you were to do just two videos a month to your database, just like what Cynthia said, targeting them on social media, sending it to them through a mass email product like MailChimp, you could do one market update video and a frequently asked questions video, and it would totally change your business. Well, that's something, I mean, this whole, I mean, I even wrote it down, that the whole uploading your I'll show you how to do it to Facebook. That's something that I never knew that was even a thing, and I, and I don't know if I know. I didn't know that. I had three videos going at the same time, but one was an engagement. Well, like I had new photos taken for my business photo, so I asked the question, "Which one do you like better? Do you like the blue or the black?" And then people would just respond, 
and all my database would be like, oh, I like the blue. And so all I cared about was engagement. And then I had two other videos and I ran them at the same time. So they were constantly seeing them. And so I have another one I'm going to upload and I'll stop one and I'll just keep running them so they see it. And that's what you need to do with your database. Yeah, I, don't yeah, I love the engagement posts. I always do like a, I'll do like, I did it yesterday. Yeah, I saw, I picked, I saw it. Pick two kitchens, right? A dark one and a light one. And just say, hey, which kitchen do you like better? Dark or light? And it's like crazy. You'll get 40, 50 comments. And then then you hit them with the video after that because the algorithm likes it when people are commenting, liking, and sharing your post. So then you put out the kind of more boring real estate video. Pick up the phone. Call your clients. Yeah. And then when you track people from your mass email, you see that, hey, maybe 50 of the people opened my email. Those are the people you should be targeting with the phone call afterwards. Use the analytics to your advantage. Yeah, there's an app you can download called the Facebook Ads app, and you you can monitor your ads to see how they're doing. And you can see how many through plays, how many people are watching your video, who it's, how many people it's reached, um, how many women are watching it, how many men are watching it. Like You can see a lot of the analytics of your video through that Facebook Ads app. And so then you can kind of see how it's doing. Like, okay, well, now it's kind of declining in views because so many people have viewed it. Maybe it's time for me to upload a new one and run that one at $3 a day. It's wow. like cheap, cheap yeah. advertising. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something that I'm going to be implementing for sure. Uh, I think that video is very important because it's so important to stay down in front of people's faces. And people are so scared of it too. I mean, there's just, there's not a ton of, there's, there's people doing video, but there's not a ton of people putting out valuable video. You know, like I've seen a lot of realtors go live at their open house, and I feel like that's a little bit boring and kind of redundant. But if you're putting out content that answers people's questions and provides valuable information, kind of like similar to your home bot, that's super relevant to the homeowner knowing what their estimated value is. I love that thing. Or doing a video of five tips on how to maximize your profit before selling a home or what are the four things you need to buy your first house. And then you can use those videos to instruct people when they have a basic question, right? If you've been asked 150 times, what's your basic credit score to get a home loan, do a video on it and send it to them. So Cynthia, agent just went to what, a three day, four day. It was a two day event, two day uh, video Academy. What, what, <laughs> it was a, a marketing playbook. Okay, so how for much video. are you going to implement from that two day event? Yeah. What did you learn? I've already implemented two things. Okay, I started doing the MailChimp um, mass email system and I'm going to be doing two videos a month. Like I just said, I'm going to be doing a market update video as well as a frequently asked questions. So I'm going to distribute that to social media, YouTube and do a mass email to my whole database of, you know, 6,000 people. And then I've been doing the one-to-one -one videos, which is a lot easier. It's uh, not intimidating. It's 30 seconds of, hey, I you know, was just thinking about you, um, past clients, birthdays, stuff like that. And then another thing that I wanted to start doing is I want to start doing videos of local businesses that I like around the Central Valley. So restaurants, um, maybe not like insurance agents and stuff, but... Basically, I want to start tapping into other business owners and their network and cross-marketing my real estate business and their business together to, to establish better relationships with business owners, but also having content about things that I enjoy. Like, I would love to do um, a video with, like, like raw sushi out in Modesto and, and have the, the manager or the, the owner on a video tapping into their business and, and really marketing their business with a beautiful professional video. 
So are you going to time block for that? Because that's, yeah. that's, I think, the hardest Marketing. for everybody is time blocking for all of that. If and it's not on sure. your calendar, it doesn't happen. Right. So like when, when uh, so on our MLS on the 10th, that's when they put the trends report out from the previous month. So I put on my calendar on the 10th, as long as it's a business day, I will put an hour out to do a screen record. I go over the statistics and I film that. And that's a super easy video to do. So I, I do put that on my calendar and then I try to time out two weeks from then is when I'll do my frequently asked questions. So I'll be doing that probably next week, the end of the month. So yes, it, it shows up on my calendar. The, the restaurants and stuff, I haven't, haven't fully implemented that, but that's kind of on the to-do list. That's good. I'm going to do all of those things. I'm going to copy exactly what Adrian Goss is doing. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to hit up raw. I love my wife. No, get out of here. That's my, that's my, (laughs) if if anyone knows the owner of raw sushi, I want to do a video there. They have the most beautiful presentation and that's like, I don't know. Everyone likes food. It's a hot spot. It's a hot spot. For sure. So cool. Anything else? No, I'm good. No, thank you guys for inviting me. I really appreciate that. Yeah. This is always fun to, to get to know people in our market. And I feel like this type of content is, is super enjoyable for me you know i don't i don't think we ever started this to get business off of it but really just to have a creative piece of content and that's super fun we always enjoy it i mean my goodness the the amount of stuff that we've been able to learn from people that just come in and just by talking Mm -hmm. and i I honestly sitting down and speaking to people for one hour every other week super easy too i feel like i'm getting better (laughs) at talking i feel legitimately i feel like i'm more comfortable now Going back to the first podcast now, I'm like, I feel like I'm communicating better. I feel like I'm like, I can, uh, it's, it's, it's growth, it's knowledge. And I hope people can, yeah. I think you should feel comfortable find feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Find some value. Oh well, yeah. I was uncomfortable when you, you guys invited me. <laughs> Is this going to be live? <laughs> Actually, should we go? I, I want to do this live. I think it would be super fun. Yeah. You should. I, I don't know about that. I don't, I'm like, like, how much do you edit? How well, much do you really no, edit we, we, we've only edited out one podcast one time. And that was because we had to take a break for bathroom. One of the guests had to go to the bathroom. That's it. And we've, ne- other than that, we've never cut out anything, anything. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it, real. We've never had a guest where it was like we're like pressing to have more more conversation. It it always flows supernaturally. Obviously, if someone felt like they were uncomfortable to do this, they're probably not a good fit to go on a podcast. But I mean, anyone in this business should be comfortable talking to people well, about what they yeah. do. And people people start uncomfortable, but then they end up. Because you realize, like, okay, we're just, it, it's weird. Once you're just here, you're just talking. And you're just literally, feels you're just talking amongst friends. You're just. You just happen to have a microphone jammed in your face. <laughs> yeah, so. that I've, like, I've like touched it. Like. Just rub your nose on the little <laughs> <Yeah>. screen. <laughs> All right. Well, Cynthia, thank you very right, much for coming. We appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you.